Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. This week is the second of our two-part series on Swedish diction. Mezzo-soprano Sophie Lorentzen is back to talk about the consonant clusters in Swedish, and there are a ton of them, some of which we'll recognize from other languages, and some of which will challenge all of us to use our articulators in a different way than we ever have before. The text for today is another Sibelius song entitled Fogelik. And I admit that this text I chose simply because it had so many of the combinations that we're looking for. I couldn't find any free recordings of this, but there are recordings available for purchase. I also found a preview clip from Passionato Classical Music Downloads, if you just want an idea of how beautiful the music is. I was really excited this week to already receive several grateful emails regarding last week's episode. I'm so glad that this resource is helpful, and from what people have written, there is a need and a market for a detailed diction study of Swedish. So I just want to encourage anyone looking for a dissertation or a new diction book topic to look into this. One thing we didn't talk about last week was the sing-song nature of the Swedish language. I always say that to really speak a language correctly, you have to make fun of it a little bit. And when we Americans make fun of Swedes, it's always with a very lilting up and down in pitch feel to it. In fact, that pitch relation is extremely important in pronouncing spoken Swedish. Thankfully, for our purposes, we already have pitches given to us by the composers, so we didn't really talk about that. For anyone interested in really learning to speak Swedish, I did look around to find any free online courses, and there are a few, but I'm not sure how good they are. I really only gave them a cursory glance. One really cute thing I found, though, was a YouTube entitled Simple Swedish. It's a crazy little video of a Swedish man teaching just a few simple words in Swedish, and it's funny. Unfortunately, there are only three episodes, but it's worth a look for a good chuckle. I'll post links to the text for today and some of this information at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Our text for today is Fogelik, which means birds playing, although if you're looking for this with an English title, you'll probably find it as enticement. The poem is by Carl August, I'm going to butcher this, Tavesthörna, it's with an S-T-J in it, a Finnish writer of Swedish literature who actually studied to be an architect. The Wikipedia page for him was only available in a few languages, none of them being English, and the German was extremely abbreviated. But if I understood the Swedish correctly, his first works, which appeared in 1883, were in the Impressionistic style, while his later works moved through realism and naturalism. Fogelik. Dagen har duggat, skymningen skuggat, skogarnas björkar och strändernas hell. Djupt ur min lunga skyndar jag sjunga, talltrastens lockton i lyssnande kväll. Kanske ur snåren bäras med kåren, trånande tonfall min trängtan till tröst. Kanske jag kände hennes som tände lågande längtan i sångarens bröst. Kanske hon finger kärlekens vinge, flög min fan över sjöar och mo. Kanske vi kunde hinna den sjunde himlen tillsammans i avtonens ro.
That was Sophie Lorenzen reading, oh my god, now I'm going to butcher this, Vogelig. Yeah, good. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> Very bird, carefully. Bird play. Bird's play. Bird's play. Ah, okay. And with this one, I thought we'd concentrate on a few consonant cluster sounds because there's mm -hmm. one that happens in Swedish. And I remember when I first asked you to do this this episode, the first thing you said to me was just one consonant you're just never going to say right, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> and I'm really not. We just spent the last five minutes trying to get me to say it right, and I'm still not saying it right. Yeah. So hopefully everybody else can listen to this and get it better than I can right away. Yeah. It, it happens, there's a couple of different ways it can happen. In this piece, it happens a lot with the combination of S and K. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's your turn. You get to say it. Skymningen. Kanske. Kände. Yeah, and you have it, yeah, like S and K, but this is S and J and hunde. Yeah, so it's, the phonetic symbol for it is the, a very, very strange looking H that has a curve to the top and a curve to the bottom. The less you do, the, the, the better it works. And you only have to breathe out the vowel together with this uh, uh, breathing sound. You're, you're like trying to catch the vowel, not the sound before. You're only right. breathing out the vowel on the line. Yeah. So the so that's the thing I can say to try to keep calm. Don't do anything. Yeah, and that's what we were discovering when we were playing around with it. That it really is a, a very relaxed tongue, mm -hmm. and just the air trying to blow out over that. Yeah, yeah. And this can happen in a whole bunch of different ways. It can happen as an SK. Mm -hmm. It can happen SJ, which we had here too. Yeah, yeah. Um, SKJ. Mm -hmm. That's the same. Shuta, like uh, shoot. Mm -hmm. Shuta. And STJ? Mm, that's schelk. This is uh, from the flower, the, the stem. That's schelk. Mm -hmm. You also say it in the same way. This one, TJ, mm -hmm. you don't say it like this. You say sh. Shana. Like a sh sound or like a sh? More like a sh. It's not like shown. It's like sh. But you do something. You put the tongue under the lower. Uh, the lower teeth, teeth, the back of the teeth, and then you say, and then you, yeah, shana, shana. Yes. So that's a that's TJ right. sound. Yes. So it's it's very similar, I would say, to the German Leiche, but it's got is a little bit more front. Right. 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 Okay. And actually, now you said ch. Hmm. What I found hmm. interesting was we actually in the the other piece that we did, there were a whole bunch of OCHs. Hmm. It's a, and it's the word and. Mm hmm. You you actually you had said before we should say ok. Mm. Because it was uh, before, uh, as a, a time ago, it would be uh, spelled O C K, ah. and it's also still in in, in Denmark O C K. Okay. And only here it's been I don't know why it's spelled O C H, but we don't have any other word with this in this combination, <clears throat> and this one is also pronounced ok. Okay, yeah. and I have a question for you though because I thought I, I thought I noticed that in the last song actually that mm -hmm. you even almost sometimes didn't pronounce the K that you sort of said oklod oklod because it, otherwise it would be not a fluent thing to do. Yeah. So I, I, I take the G and then I say oklod. And the same thing when it's got followed by a vowel. So it's a very soft K sound. It's not yeah. even very strong. I'm not using it very much. Yeah. Right? But otherwise, we probably won't see this. We won't see it. It's in the old, it's the only word it's going to be. 
Okay. Like this. With CH, you don't have it. In this language, we also have a lot of words with the J glide. Like yeah. we said, we had said before with the J's that when you see it in combination with another letter, then it changes things a lot. Yeah. yeah. And in this piece, we have one of those. Always when a, when a, when a, when a soft bells before it also in the, in the, in the ending, you say it like Y, like a J. Like a J glide. Like a J glide. Yeah. yeah. And what happens to the consonant in front of it? Does that just basically go away completely? Like in this, the word we have here is D-J-U-P-T. Yeah. This one, it goes away. If you have like an S port, you have the sh sound, right? Okay. But, in, but this, is a, this is a hard consonant almost. You can say that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the hard consonant goes away. It's like yupt. And they also have animal and yur. That has, seems to happen with a lot of consonants, like the G-J combination. Yes. It's also yuta. G-J-U-T-A. Gießen is a word for it. To, yeah, to oh, pour, to pour. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yuta. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, but it also has a, a, new, a, a soft vowel after it. So. Yeah. But I don't think it's in the other combination. I don't think we have anything where you say, because it's not possible. It's, right. It's, it's weich, it's soft always yeah. in this combination. Okay. So GN. And you have like, uh, you have to calm someone down. You say lungna. It's like an N before it too. Lung, like oh, ng, I... N-G, and then you have N after it too. Ooh. You understand what I mean? Yeah. You had, you had to put, like, you had, see it here. Ng. So G-N, you actually pronounce the first thing as an N-G and then another N. Yes. Like oven. Ungn. Oh, Ung. wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have to let go of our lasagna... Because in, in Italian and in other languages, when you have a G-N, it's that nya sound. But here it's mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. H-J. Do, yeah. do we run across this pretty often? or You don't, you take away the H. Okay. And you say yarta. Yart tradits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, na. And just to finish up, an N-G. We've already had the, the G-N combination. Yeah. So the N-G combination is basically what we know of as in German, the same thing, right? Okay, that's ng. Yeah, mm. so it's basically mm. what we know. Yeah. And will it, like in a word we, we had before the word ung, so there's yeah. no g sound. This wouldn't be like we say in English, finger. No, no, you don't, you don't pronounce the G. You say ung, ung, mm -hmm. yeah, gung, ving. And basically the same thing with an N and K, if that, if that comes. And that's... Like hunka, uh, tenka, blenka. So we could just get that mm to the mm, K. Yeah. Right. Which is the phonetic N with a tail. And actually, let's finish up with this LG. Mm -hmm. LG. That's like uh, you have moose, and then you say L. It's a, it's a J after the L. Yeah. yeah. So even a word can end with an with LG. Yeah. And then you still have to pronounce the pronouncing the J. Just to recap so that we have all of our phonetic letters in one fell swoop, Sophie said that we shouldn't have to worry about CH because we'll only see it in the word for and, och, O-C-H. In that case, it's a K sound, but you could hear how little she actually pronounced that K. She also said that SCH shouldn't come up in Swedish, even though Omniglot had that listed as one of the clusters. The J-glide clusters are DJ, 
GJ and HJ. The combination LG actually does have a phonetic L followed by the J glide. GN is a fun one. This is phonetically spelled with the N with the hook on the right first, followed by just a regular N, so not to be confused with NG, which is just the N with the hook on the right. Remember that if it's followed by a vowel, the G will not be pronounced separately, so it's more like the, word, the German word hunger than the English word hunger. NK is also the N with the hook on the right, but of course then we have to pronounce the K. We had talked last week about that soft K sound, which can be spelled with combinations of KJ or TJ, and also just K followed by a soft vowel. Remember, the soft vowels in Swedish are E, I, Y, A with an umlaut, and O with an umlaut. The phonetic letter is the lowercase c that wraps back on itself to make a tail. And as we said last week, think of the c cedilla and just open that space up to let air pass through. The really fun h that we talked about is probably the hardest sound for all of us to make. The phonetic letter looks like a lowercase h with a curved top and a hook on the bottom right. And again, seems to have a lot to do with sending lots of air through the vowel space with a very relaxed mouth. This letter can be spelled with the combinations SJ, SKJ, and STJ, as well as SK when it's followed by a soft vowel. Something we couldn't find examples of in any of these songs, but can come up in Swedish, are consonant combinations that include R's. Sophie just explains the sounds for us with examples from everyday words. Okay, so we have a couple of things with R here. Mm-hmm. We have RD. RD, and then you you don't really pronounce the R because it's imperfect. And then it's like turn around, and then you say rara, and if it's an imperfect, you say rad, rad. Also, you, you touch it, but you don't use it. You don't say rad, you say rad. But if you, if you take away, it, it would become red, red. So it's rad. Yeah, so it's almost in almost in essence what it sounds a little bit is like there's almost an American rd. Like just a tiny bit of the er thought process. Yes, yes. Rather than yeah. going to rr. Probably you can use it like this. No. Yeah. Farda. Burda. Burda. Mm-hmm. Yes, little, little. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And what are, are those tiny. vowels? Are those the O with the umlaut vowels before that? Yes, but that was an uh. Rad. And RG? Mm, that's that's RJ. Torg. Sorg. So basically like what we came across with the LG. Yeah. Lselja. Sorg. Mm-hmm. Sorg. But you don't say sorg. 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 Yeah, sort of like maybe one flip and then into the Y. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. RLs? Kärlek. Kärlek. That's also a little bit of this Kärlek. Again, it's it's really, I'm thinking almost the American R, interestingly yes, enough. Yes, try it, but not much. No, 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 just a Only tiny, tiny hint. Yes, like salt 
into the soup. Yeah, and this is that soft <clears throat> K that you were talking about too. We hadn't talked about it before. Did I thought? Did we talk about it before or no? <laughs> I don't know. No, actually, we didn't. Well, the soft K is the same. Uh, like you have the soft bowls, and then it becomes soft, like a G, and otherwise it would become hard. Like you have Charlie, that's that's love, and then you have cow, coo. Yeah, yeah, just a regular K sound. Yeah, and this again feels very much like a, the breath sound that you were talking about with like the TJ. Yes, that's more like the TJ. Is Charlie, Charlie. You really say it, and you have the tongue. But the other ones are really breathing, only breathing. Yeah, and it's 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 a yeah. difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because this one has a little more tightness than to the tongue. It's yeah. got the tongue is actually more involved with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple more words with letters with R's. R N. Schön, turnering, turnering, born. You have child, born, born. You don't, you don't use it really. Yeah. How would I say a long a, really long a, born? Yeah. And is that a the regular just b a r n spelled? It's like it's like your born. Yeah. But born, born. Yeah, it's almost the way we would sing it because again, it's it sort of feels like it's going to an American R and then we don't quite say it. Yeah. We would sing born, born. Bon. Yeah, and that's the way you pronounce it. Yeah. Mm. Well, does it do the same thing then with RS? Fesh. Besh. Like an SH? Like though. an SH. Yeah, right. Mm hmm. Besh. Uh, fesh. Besh. Okay, so that one we can actually use the long squiggly S, the sh sound almost. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And RT? Ut. Ut. Kräuter in German. Uh, yeah, spices. Uh, spices. And it's ut. Ö, R, T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or mört. Then you have, uh, that's, a, that's a fish, a kind of fish. Uh-huh. M, Ö, R, T, mört. Vört. Yeah, so again, it's that ört, almost, almost with the R. You don't use the R. You don't, you don't flip it at all. No. It really no. goes to the T. Yeah. So when an R is before another consonant, basically, we want to drop it out a little bit. It's like the, this uh, other, uh, from, from Sibelius, svarta rusor. You don't say svarta rusor, you say svarta, svarta rusor. Okay, so when the R is in front of another consonant, or at least in front of these, these R, uh, the D, the G, like L. TD, you know? You know what I mean? Svarta, svarta. Yeah, or, or, or almost a D. It, the T's are not that hard. They're softer. Uh, are they are they dental or is it because of the R? Svarta. It's because of the R. Okay. It's because of the R. Yeah. And regular T's, I should have asked that before. Uh, are T's and D's more tuktas? Tukti. Yeah. But it here it has an R before it, and then it's like svarta, svarta. You can always make a D out of it, and it still sounds like R T. Yeah. Yeah. So it's mm. a different kind of T. It's not. It's not that aspirate. T -t -t -t. No. 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 Yeah. No. And a regular T, like in a place... Lustig. Lustig. So then it's a really aspirate T. Yes, yeah. It's not dentalized at all. No. I think the odd man out in the group is the combination RG. This combination is spelled phonetically as lowercase r, j-glide. With the rest of them, you could hear how little the, that r is pronounced, and the second letter can actually be affected by the r. Omniglot has two phonetic versions for each of these combinations, and they're both really interesting. So each combination has one form that's spelled with a uvular R, which phonetically is the capital R, followed by the actual letter corresponding to it phonetically. So for RD, 
we would write phonetically capital R-D. R-L, capital R-L, and the same for R-N, R-S, and R-T. But he also has a version which completely leaves out the R for each of these combinations. For R-D, there's a letter that looks like a lowercase d with the circle actually in the middle of the bar rather than at the bottom. For R-L, he just takes away the R and leaves a normal phonetic L. R-N is replaced with a really neat new letter for us, an N with a tail on the right that goes out as opposed to going in. This is called a retroflex nasal, and if you find native speakers saying this, you can hear how the N in the RN combination is just a little different from a regular N. Sophie and I said that RS can be transcribed just with a long squiggly S, but Omniglot and Wikipedia use a funky new S, which basically looks like a normal S with a tail on the bottom left. In the table that I found comparing it in other languages, the Russian example that they used was the letter SHA. So I'm guessing that this phonetic symbol is a higher placed form of the long squiggly S, since remember the letter SH, that letter SHA in Russian is a soft consonant and therefore has a slightly higher placement. But this is something I'm going to have to research a little bit more. RT is written with a long lowercase t, and you could hear clearly the difference there between a regular T and the RT combination. I'll try to copy all of these phonetic letters not only onto the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com, I'll also try, if it works, to get it onto the info on iTunes. So you can either click on the small i next to the episode, or on your iPod, click the center button a few times to see the info just so you have an idea of what I'm talking about. However you choose to transcribe this for yourself, remember that the R is barely there, if at all. I will probably use these fun new symbols just to remind myself never to say a real American R. What's more important, I think, is to notice how that R affects the consonants that follow it. Since the sounds of Swedish are so difficult, since there's no real standard diction, and since they have a few phonetic sounds that rarely occur in any other languages, I will probably try to get a few more episodes in Swedish at some point on the podcast, but I hope this was helpful for a start. In the meantime, remember to actively listen to native-speaking performers for all of these sounds and find a method of transcribing them that works for you. That's our show for today. To find out more about Sophie Lorenzen, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.